0: Mm -mm. Ayo, what's up y'all? It's your boy Ace. This is fantasized Football. We are back once again, bringing y'all some more fantasy football content for the 2021 fantasy football season. We're doing a little something different today, right? Draft season's approaching, so I wanted to give y'all kind of a general idea of what my draft draft strategy is for fantasy football in 2021. But before we get into that, real quick, shout out to each and every one of y'all that come by on a weekly basis. Show your boy some love and support. Me and my boy, we really do appreciate it. If you're new, thank you for coming by, giving me a little bit of your time. I really do hope you enjoyed today's video. If so, make sure to drop a like, leave a comment, and subscribe to the channel. Help me reach my goal of 300. Subscribers on YouTube by the end of the fantasy football season. But like I said, we're kind of going to go through what my general draft strategy is for fantasy football in 2021, right? I get this question a lot, so I figured I just kind of put it out there or whatever, right? We're kind of freestyling too. Foam machines over there. No chucking it today. Need to let the little guy charge for a little bit. But yeah, so. I'm just gonna kind of go through give you guys some tips whatever it may be uh i don't really know how we're gonna format this it's probably gonna be like a relatively short video like probably right about 10 minutes because i'm gonna i'm gonna try not to go off on too many tangents but without further ado let's just get right into it right so i play in mostly half ppr and full ppr leagues just wanted to kind of throw that out there i don't play in standard leagues um but that kind of like with what i'm going to say like to start of like kind of the first two rounds it actually applies more in standard but just keep in mind that i'm looking at this from a lens of half PPR and full PPR. So, for the most part, uh in about 90 to 95% of my drafts, i'm going to be drafting two running backs with my first two picks, right? I want to lock in the position because there's a lot of positional scarcity whereas with wide receiver, there's just a lot more depth, right? On the majority of offensive plays in the NFL, there's going to be at least two wide receivers on the field, right? Whereas there's only going to be one running back on the majority of plays and there's going to be two to three fantasy relevant wide receivers on the major on, on most teams right on the majority of teams we will have two to three relevant fantasy wide receivers In best case scenario like in a situation with nick chubb and kareem hunt you're gonna have two fantasy re- relevant running backs so there's just less available at the position so that's why i personally always prioritize running back early and often There is exceptions to the rules, right? You could go with Kelsey. I would never take Kelsey in the first round. I'm never going to take a quarterback. I'll never take Mahomes in the second round, Josh Allen in the third round. I'm probably not going to be looking at quarterback myself until like probably like the sixth round just because you can more than make up for the point differential. There's not as big of a gap there. Whereas if you wait on running back, like I would never be a zero RB guy because I don't want my starting running backs to be, you know, like Kareem Hunt and... I don't know, let's just pull up the rankings here, Kareem Hunt, and let's just say, for example here, like James Conner, right? I would never want those two guys, Chase Edmonds, um, Chase Edmonds and Damian Harris to be my two starting running backs. So I'm going to be drafting running backs with my first two picks and then figuring out from there. But if we get to the third round and a, a third running back that I have ranked in my top 15 is still available, I'll literally start my draft running back, running back, running back. If it's a three receiver league, I'll kind of fade that a little bit, but still it's just like having three running backs is so, like three top 15 running backs is such an advantage because if one of your guys goes down and with the nature of the position at running back, running backs are generally going to get hurt because they're, you know, down and doing the dirty work and whatnot. So you want to have depth there. One, because there's not a lot of depth at the position overall, but because of injuries, you want to have, three, four guys that you feel confident in slotting in as your RB2 because you do have to start two every week, right? So in the third round, if there is a third top 15 guy, more often than not, I am going to go with him. But if not, then I'm looking at either a wide receiver or I'm looking at a tight end, right? For me it's waller at tight end and the reason why i like waller more than kittle is just because i feel he's a little safer and early in drafts i prioritize safety and i prioritize volume right and i think that waller will get more volume and i think in turn he will be a little bit safer same goes for the running backs like for example with running backs i would rather go with like a guy like zeke than jonathan taylor or aaron jones over jonathan taylor because with the packers and with the cowboys we kind of know what we're going to get right whereas with the colts you don't know what you're gonna get. There's a lot of moving pieces there. You got Marlon Mack back, you got Naeem Hines there, you got a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. There's just a lot going on. So I would prefer to go with the guy that I think I can project the volume for more accurately. right? So that's kind of what I'm doing in those first two rounds, getting running backs that I feel like are going to get a lot of volume, a lot of opportunities because volume is king for fantasy football. Then we're over in the third round, we're looking at um, a third top 15 running back. If they're there, if not, We're looking at guys like if you're lucky, you might see A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson there, two guys that I absolutely love. If not, I'm fine with Allen Robinson, uh, Keenan Allen, D.K. Metcalf too, but like D.K. Metcalf's probably gonna go in the second round because everybody really loves him, but me, I have A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, all ranked above D.K. Metcalf at least in full PPR. And I like Robinson a lot, obviously. I got the fucking autographed jersey back there because he's a guy that we know what we're gonna get, right? He's gonna get you... 100 catches in 17 games. He's done it the past two seasons, or he's been close to 100 catches, right? He's gonna get you 1,100, 1,200 yards. And this, t- this year, with an improved offense, with improved efficiency, there's more opportunities for touchdowns, more scoring opportunities in the offense. I prefer to get a guy that I feel like can get me 100 catches over a guy that I feel like can get me 10, 12 touchdowns because touchdowns are so unpredictable, not a sticky stat. So I'd rather go with volume over Touchdown upside, right? That's kind of how I look at things. And then later on in the draft, I'm looking for upside somewhere between the fifth and sixth round, is where I start shooting for upside. So in that third round, you're kind of like, for me at least, you're looking at either a high end, uh, or I'm sorry, a back end wide receiver one or a top five, 15 running back or one of those top three tight ends. I mean, Kelsey's not going to be there, but either Waller or Kittle. I've seen Kyle Pitts shooting up into like, the third, fourth round. I would absolutely never do that. But moving on to like kind of the fourth round area, right? This is where, depending on how you've started, you got to make a move. If you went with two running backs and a tight end, you want to get your wide receiver one. If you started with three running backs, you want to get your wide receiver one. If you started with two running backs and a wide receiver, a lot of the time, probably more often than not, I'm just going to double down and get my wide receiver two here, especially in a three receiver league. Because a lot of the time you find that in the fifth round, you can get like a Mike Davis or a Miles Gaskin or whatever to kind of like fill in your flex or like if something happens to your RB2, your RB1, you can slot them in as your RB2 in order to kind of replace them, right? And you're going for like more of upside if everything hits for them. But if you feel like you need to lock in like a guy like Mike Davis in the fourth round, I don't even hate that, right? Or Miles Gaskin, because I think the upside is there. It's not the safest pick, but you could do that, right? But you also do have the option to go with like, if you like a guy like a half PPR, like Josh Jacobs, you could do that. Cause I think he's relatively safe, but I don't know how much upside is there. So in the fourth round, more often than not, I'm gonna be drafting a wide receiver. There's a lot of good guys that are generally available in the fourth round. You'll see Robert Woods there a lot, Julio sometimes, Cooper Cup uh CD Lamb, guys of that nature. I'm looking at more like guys like that than I am at like Mike Evans, right? Uh like a Mike Evans or even like, you know, I mean Tyler Lockett's more like fifth, sixth round, but I prefer, like I mentioned, same thing with the running back, same thing like like I've been saying this whole time. Guys with consistent volume, right? I rather get the guy that's gonna give me 14, 15 PPR points week in and week out than the guy that's gonna get me 30 points and then four, five, six, seven. Because If he gets me four, five, six, three weeks in a row, and then I bench him, then of course that's going to be a week he goes off for fucking 50, right? I've said that before with Lockett, but that's kind of how I feel. So in the fourth round, I'm probably locking in my wide receiver two. If I haven't, um, I'm locking a wide receiver regardless, my wide receiver one or my wide receiver two. Now you're moving to the fifth round. If you got three running backs, you got one wide receiver. um, This is where in a 12-team league, I'm probably more often than not honestly looking at TJ Hawkinson especially in full PPR, because I think the volume is going to be there, right? And I want to get some form of positional advantage at tight end, right? Somewhere, because I'm not going to do it at quarterback. So, especially in a 10-team league, if you didn't get Waller, you're going to want to get Hawkinson. If you did get Waller, here, if you've got two running backs, two receivers, lock in your running back three. Probably 90% of the time, I want to walk out of the first five rounds with three running backs, right? If Henderson's there, Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, guys like that. Those are the guys I'm kind of targeting there. If you have three running backs, you have one wide receiver, then we're looking at Hawkinson. Or if not, we're looking at another wide receiver. Deontay Johnson. Um, I'm even cool with T. Higgins around this range, taking a shot on DJ Moore. This is where, like the fifth, sixth round is where you start shooting for upside a little more because those first four rounds are going to be kind of the core of your team. So you want those guys to be steady. You want steady production week in and week out. At least I do. So that's how I kind of approach it. I want to lock in a few good running backs, have depth at the position, get at least one wide receiver in the first four rounds that I feel confident slotting in as my wide receiver one week in and week out. And if I can, if the situation kind of calls for it, more so in 10 team than 12 team leagues, I'll get a top tier tight end in the third round and just roll it and shoot for the moon with, you know, grabbing a bunch of wide receivers later on. But that fifth round, right? That fifth round, we're either getting our third running back. if We already have our third running back. We're looking at a wide receiver. If not, we didn't get a top three tight end. I'm cool with Hawkinson here in a 12 team league. If it's a 10 team league, Hawkinson might even be there for you in the sixth round. Kyle Pitts, not really for me here. I mean, he's going in like the third, fourth round. I don't even know if I already said that or not. That's just not for me, right? But now when you get in the sixth round, if you went safe to start, right? Say you started with two running backs, you got yourself a tight end, uh, you got yourself Darren Waller, you got your wide receiver one, and then you grab Mike Davis um, to kind of like, you know, Fill out your running back core, right? To play your flex, this is where I'm going to shoot for upside. This is where I'm kind of be going to be looking at more like uh, guys like if Jamar Chase is there, I'd be looking at maybe even Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, guys like that that have a lot of upside. You shouldn't really need running back here. We're probably going to be waiting later on to get like I don't know, like a guy like Damian Harris. Like that's my running back four is going to be like upside. If something falls to you, Javante Williams is a guy I absolutely love, right? Um, if not, I'm gonna be kind of like waiting if a vol- if a value falls to you, right? If you're in the sixth round and Chase Edmonds is there, right? A guy with a lot of upside, um, whatever it may be. Um, if like ETN falls there and full PPR, half PPR, whatever. Those are picks that I'm okay with, right? But if not, I'm okay with if I have three strong running backs waiting and even going with like James Conner, Damian Harris, even like David Johnson, especially if Deshaun Watson's back. If not, I'm even cool with waiting until later and getting like a, a Michael Carter, a Kenyon Drake, one of the Tampa Bay running backs, because then like you don't have to depend on them as much. You don't have to worry as much. So then you can kind of like fill in and start grabbing upside at wide receiver. And then for like the rest of the draft, you're just throwing darts, right? I'm looking at quarterback, usually somewhere between the seventh and tenth round. Like the guys that I'm targeting the most at quarterbacks, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson, um, Jalen Hurts. You know, if he if Watson goes to Philly, of course I'm not looking at Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is a guy I really like. Ryan Tannehill, I absolutely love. Matt Stafford, I really like. Um, and then even if you like, you go with like a Tom Brady, like waiting until the last round of your draft and just taking a fucking flyer on Trey Lance or Justin Fields, like a high upside type of guy, Trevor Lawrence, whatever it is, um, to kind of like reinforce that to get like that boom option. And then vice versa, like on the other side of the hand, there, if you draft like a guy like Jalen Hurts, that's a little risky. Later on in the draft, like way later, maybe just you know like. Grab Kirk Cousins, you know, or a lot of time you'll be able to get somebody off the waivers, but like a guy like Kirk Cousins is very safe if you're in a little deeper league, whatever. I'm usually not one to draft backup tight ends, whatever, but like for like kind of an overview, right, of all this, the first couple rounds, I'm trying to prioritize running back. If there's a third top 15 running back available in the third round, I will grab them, right? Right. If not, I'm either looking at Darren Waller or one of like A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen in that order, right? Those are the guys I'm kind of looking for to be my wide receiver one or to grab Darren Waller as my tight end if I did not grab a third running back. If I do go with the third running back in the fourth round, I'm looking at guys like Robert Woods, maybe even Cooper Cup, um, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, if he's healthy, he's ready to go. I'm sorry, McLaurin would be another guy that I would consider in the third round too. And then if you... Um, if you already have your wide receiver one again i'd probably take one of those same guys to be my wide receiver too unless you feel like you need to reach a little bit to get like a mike davis a miles gaskin or if you like josh jacobs darrell henderson but more often than not for me i'll just wait till the fifth round and hope that one of those like three or four guys falls to me if not i'm not like livid with myself having to take like Edmonds or, or um, in full PPR, at least Edmonds or ETN or something like that. And then when you're moving into the fifth round, if you don't have a tight end in 12 team leagues, I'm looking at Hawkinson here on a note of Waller in that third round, especially in 10 team leagues. I love having that positional advantage. 12 teams, it's not as important, but if you don't take Hawkinson, then you're going to be kind of like left with like, uh, uh, like Hawkinson or if you prefer Mark Andrews, one of those two. If not, you're left with like Goddard or Smith. Tyler Higby, whoever it may be, like Noah Font, guys that I'm just like not super, super confident in. And then from there, you know, you want to lock in your quarterback. You want to get yourself like, at least I do. I mean, this is my kind of idea, but I'm speaking it. I'm speaking this into you, to all y'all's minds, right? You want to get like uh, a Jalen Hurts, a Ryan Tannehill, a Matt Stafford somewhere there in that seventh to ninth, 10th round range or Tom Brady, whatever it is. Um, And then from there, you're just kind of shooting for upside, right? You want to get your running back four at some point. You want to get some more wide receivers. Always, obviously have more wide receivers than you do have running backs. And towards the end of the draft, just shoot for fucking the moon. Get guys that you know that after like two or three weeks of shit aren't working out, you're not going to have a problem with cutting them. Like I would rather draft like, I don't know, like a Terrace Marshall than I would like a a T.Y. Hilton. You know what I'm saying? Like I really would just because... I, you know, T.Y. could hit and I could be completely fucking wrong, but we kind of know what T.Y. is a guy like Terrace Marshall. It's like, well, what is he going to be? You know, like I would rather later on in the draft, just throwing darts, throwing darts, throwing darts and see what the fuck happens. Right. So that's kind of how I approach my drafts. Um, you guys take all this with a grain of salt, of course, running back early, always prioritize running back early. A lot of depth at wide receivers so you can kind of fill in as you go. Don't have to worry about that. Try to get some semblance of positional advantage. Somewhere for me is usually tight end, either Waller a little earlier, TJ Hawkinson, fifth, sixth round, whatever. And then just fill in your wide receiver core. If you have seven, eight wide receivers, you have one, two guys that you're really confident in, somebody else will hit, you can slot them in your flex. Um, a lot of time when you're drafting that third running back early, it's not to exactly play them in your flex week in and week out. It's more so to just strengthen the depth because there's so much more depth at wide receiver. Strengthen the depth in terms of running back on your roster because you can get so much good value at wide receiver later. Like you can get Antonio Brown in the eighth, ninth round. You can get a guy like Marvin Jones, LaVisca Shenault, late. Like guys like that, right? That, that have the upside to hit and be, week to week flex options, week to week wide receiver two options, whatever it may be. So that's why we prioritize running back early. We wanna get a semblance of positional advantage somewhere, 10, 12 team league, whether it be a quarterback or tight end. And then we're filling in our wide receivers making sure we have one or two guys we're really confident in. If we go with a lot of upside with our starting quarterback, we wanna maybe consider getting a safer option later on in the draft. If we go with a safe guy, maybe take a, more so if you go with a safe guy like a guy like Tom Brady or Matt Stafford, even Tannehill, um, maybe shoot for I would probably lean more towards yeah, shoot for a little upside with like a guy like Lance or Justin Fields in like one of the last rounds of your drafts, just as like kind of a draft and stash, right? But that's it. That's all. That's all there is. That is kind of my draft strategy. That's how I approach drafts. So I wanted to kind of pitch that over to you guys. Take it take and do with it do with it what you will. Obviously take it with a little grain of salt. Freestyle on this one. I know I go on tangents, but I hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, make sure to drop a like, leave a comment, and subscribe to the channel. Help me reach my goal of 300 subscribers on YouTube by the end of the fantasy football season. I would really, really appreciate that. Check down in the description for my socials, the link to the podcast. Follow me on Insta, follow me on Twitter. Um, Leave a five star review on the Apple Podcast. If you do have an Apple product, I would really, really appreciate it. But that is it. That is all. That is all there is. Me, My boy, we are out for today. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I will catch you next time. And as always, thank you, love you, peace.